I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you as we continue to try to slow things down, separate the rage from the reason, help you connect the dots and make the news make sense today. And uh, appreciate all those who have uh, joined us uh, on air today. Uh, again, my good friend, Reverend Teresa Deer from Chicago, uh, who I first met at the uh, NAACP uh, national Conference uh, back in Detroit, uh, July of last year, and uh, we'll continue to talk about some of the, the fascinating friendships that developed out of that and the important conversations uh, that it sparked, and not just conversations. It's one thing to have a blue ribbon panel or to convene a, a listening session. Uh, you got to get to the action portion of the program. As we talked with Teresa today, she said, yeah, we know we can, we can talk about the numbers. And I do think it's important to recognize the numbers and where we agree. But we also have to make sure we translate those into action. Otherwise, we continue to undermine trust. And the conversations become less effective because there's no action behind it. There is nothing more frustrating than to have repeated conversations. It just doesn't matter whether it's at work or in your community or in the country. There's nothing more frustrating than to know something is wrong have a conversation about it, and then not see any change, not see any improvement, not see any action of any kind. And I think uh, a lot of those in in the minority community have felt that way. Uh, Teresa Deer powerfully expressed that, like, hey, we're, we keep having these conversations, but we're not changing anything. So how do we get there? How do we get the change really happening and, and acting? Uh, I always want you to be part of this conversation. You can always do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500, only when it's safe, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. I want to know what's on your mind, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're doing. Remember, it always gets down to what are you going to do to make a difference today? And uh, if you missed the show yesterday, you do want to definitely go back and listen to the uh, podcast, uh, particularly my interview with Joseph Grinney. Uh, Joseph is part of the Other Side Academy here in the state of Utah, author of best-selling book, uh, Crucial Conversations. And he and I were going through those crucial conversations in, during our show yesterday. I wanted to play just one segment of that interview, and you can go check out the podcast. Uh, but he had we were going through what is it that – is happening. Why is this not breaking through? And then what can we begin to do about it? Here's Joseph Grinney. 
talk about the role of the media, I think the media does have a role of, of inflaming at times and of taking single incidents and making them look as though they're broad patterns. I think politicians at times will trade on anger and frustration. But we've got to set that aside because they wouldn't be able to trade on it if there wasn't some legitimate concern, some legitimate grievance that was out there. They're tapping into something that's real. I, I'm struck. I, I've done a lot of business in South Africa. And in South Africa, there's a, a poll taken regularly to look at the state of race relations. And there's a single question on it that I absolutely love. The question that's asked of everybody is, everybody taking the poll, is in the last six months, have you had somebody from the other race? So if it's whites, it's asked about blacks. If it's blacks, it's asked about whites. Have you had somebody from the other, other race over to lunch or dinner? You know, what, what a beautiful question. What a beautiful question. Are, are we really changing our relations if, if our inner circles aren't changing? If we're not sitting down and having intimate and friendly conversations, not just escalated conversations at moments like this, but building a reserve of trust and amity and comedy that, that that makes us feel as though that we're part of that society, that there is mutual purpose and mutual respect. That's where that comes. Again, that's my, my friend Joseph Grenny uh, talking about uh, how do we actually get to that? I, there were so many important things that he hit in just 60 seconds there. Uh, he talked about the the importance of making sure we, we don't allow those who trade, who trade, on anger and fear and frustration, that we don't let them drive the day, that we don't let them prevent us from having those important conversations. Uh, and then that we go beyond that, uh, that we we really, uh, I love how he differentiated between an escalated conversation. Escalated conversations are tough. Uh, and that's kind of where we are right now in the nation. We've got a lot of unrest. We've got a lot of challenges going on. And so it, it's sort of an escalated moment. But that's not the test. Uh, as we've been talking about throughout the day today, you know, anyone, anyone can incite anger. Anyone can incite fear or frustration. Anyone can incite a riot or violence. Uh, and those negative base emotions, those never take us. They never take any organization or any community anywhere that's positive. So insight, that's where we want to get. Insight, on the other hand, is is really tough. It's tough to get to the insight space. It takes patience. It takes listening. It takes humility. It takes really careful consideration. But insight always elevates. And so this, this whole idea of insight versus insight uh, it, it was actually something that I, uh, I learned from a good friend of mine, uh, Sarah Jane Weaver, who's the editor of the Church News, and uh, her really astute observation uh, that she always brings to the game. Uh, we were watching. We were watching how these protests were being transformed from peaceful and appropriate demonstrations into dangerous and destructive events all over the country. And I've been thinking about her words on insight versus insight uh, all week long. And I love the fact that in Utah, we saw that turn. We, we saw a tough day on Saturday, and then things started to pivot just a little bit on Sunday and Monday uh, to where we can get to a much more peaceful uh, and not let those who do want to incite violence or anger uh, from getting in control. Loved the, uh, the comments by the head of Black Lives Matter here in the state of Utah saying, hey, we, we've been working for years to get some reform. Don't, don't unravel sure. that. Don't unravel that. Um, so we're we are in the in the middle of a lot of civil unrest in the country. 
and obviously that's uh, been sparked by a, a tragic death, a horrific event, a senseless, heartrending. But the thing we have to be careful is that we don't allow that to incite a civil war. Uh, what we really want to do and what each of us, I believe, as American citizens are duty-bound to do is to ensure that it, that uh, spark becomes a, a light, a flame, where we can have a civil conversation. So escalated conditions do make it really hard to have elevated conversations. But that's the test, and that's the quest we're on every day, is how do we do that? And so as we were talking before, we need to remember that we do agree on so many of the issues. Everybody agrees. But so then the question really is, and I posed this to Teresa Deer earlier, if we agree on so many things, why is it that we're still in the same place? I think every American believes, uh, as Abraham Lincoln said, that the purpose of government was to elevate the condition of men and women, to lift artificial weights from all shoulders, to clear the paths of laudable pursuit for all, to afford all an unfettered start and a fair chance in the race of life. I think we all agree with that. But as we've been talking about, too many too many elected officials, too many local leaders, too many in the national media, uh, too many are trading on this currency of, of influence and power and fame, uh, where inciting anger and frustration is how you get ahead. And yes, there are some in this nation who don't want to see change. No question about it. And that needs to be addressed as well. And the front line on that is home and family. That's where those attitudes are formed. And we have that responsibility. We have that responsibility in our schools. Uh, as I just played that uh, little clip from Joseph Grinney, I, I love the question that is asked of all of the citizens of South Africa. In the last six months, have you had someone who looks different, thinks different, lives different, is different than you? Have you had lunch or dinner with them? Have you had that kind of conversation? Uh, that's how we change it. And it's a little bit at a time all the time. But if we aren't willing to engage in that, if we aren't willing to act on that, then we're going to keep having a surface elevated conversation in the midst of great uncertainty and civil unrest. So we need to have an important conversation, elevated conversation. So remember, anybody can incite anger, fear, and frustration. But it takes someone who's really committed to listen, to be humble, to learn, to gain the insight we need to move forward. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Desert News. Great to be with you on KSL News Radio today. And as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.